0: Go get him! All right. You'd actually be able to do the whole thing. Wow, like it's amazing. Hey, everybody, welcome to Bros Bibles and Beer. It is episode 172. God only knows.
1: Oh my gosh, fresh off of Idaho. Zach, how's it going? I'm a BFG buddy with Scott. Fantastic, Andy. So you pick guy! Seriously, <laughs> Scotty? Is
0: it BFG? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I can't hear, uh, I mean, I can Wait. hear, but I can't hear. Did I say that right? I think my volume needs yes, to Yes, I think I did. Or did you, BGF? Uh, I'm going to say that one fun. of the most broy things I could say on this podcast, I got new tires on my truck. Oh, like KO2s? Oh, 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 oh. I, I got some BF Goodrich all trains. I'm sick of the, I, I just nice. did the Nittos. I've done many brands. I've never done BF Goodrich because they're expensive. Yeah. I mean, they're expensive. They're like at 180, but the Nittos I got under 20,000 miles off of them. Ugh. I'm like, all right, I'm springing for them.
2: I think I already got 26 on my
1: BFGs, my BF Goodriches KO twos. They still look great. Yeah, I didn't get the light truck tires. I got the passenger grade because I don't need the light truck uh, load bearingness. And thus concludes any tire talk. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> <laughs> tire talk. Well, let me <laughs> let me take it a let me take it a step up. Uh,
0: tires going really fast. So we were out, and so I went, three of the four uh, kids went out to, uh, they went to church camp. We had our one little one with us, and uh, we got in the RV, and we went to some friends in Oregon. Well, on the way, I can't remember if it was on the way there or on the way back, we were in the middle of Redding, which Redding has, you know, is it Bethel? Yep. Bethel College. Bethel School of... International Public it Ministry. <laughs> it's not... yeah. School of Raising the, the
1: Dead. <laughs> so, uh, school of uh, Grave... Grave soaking. <laughs> grave soaking school of... <laughs> you guys, I'm sensing something right now. No.
0: Um, and so we're in the city and we pull over to the gas station. We're filling up and all of a sudden you hear... And there's this like 1970 truck... With gold just dust big old coming out behind it. I think just He's gold good. dust for days. There's a, there's a guy in the truck, just it looked like something at a Dukes of Hazard, and he is flying down the road like 50 feet from us.
1: Just a good old boy. Yeah, and,
0: and you see like the, the uh, sheriff, no the sheriff just zoom, and then like seven more zoom, zoom, <laughs> zoom, <laughs> and, like 80 miles per hour. Okay, then you're like, them, dick Whoa. Boys, <laughs> them <dick boys. laughs> The lady next to me, she actually a few people next to me at the gas station. were like, you get him, Yeah. Go get him."
1: <laughs> all right. Well, about a minute. That's not how most people in Reading talk. In <laughs> yeah. case you don't know the area, there are, there is some low income oh Southern goodness. type people, but geek, 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 geek. <laughs> let's just say we
0: were on the other side. I will trust you that
1: that's what these particular individuals <laughs> oh, sounded like. I wish I Roscoe had. Roscoe the- P. You'd be like, oh,
0: okay, I stand corrected. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Okay, Scott, (laughs) Andy, Zach, a minute and a half goes by. Yeah. Go in the opposite direction. (laughs) 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 And now they've got, they've got eight, they've got like SUVs and the regular cop cars, the Uh, sheriffs. You got now like unmarked black SUVs flying off the freeway. They're now going about a hundred to 110. Okay, guys, 30 seconds goes by. You just hear, woo. They come back. Right in front of us, they come back the other direction and they sideswipe the yeah. corner of the guy's truck. Well, he's got a big 1974 truck, and that thing's not going anywhere. And Tanya is <laughs> bounced off. She's like
1: It's made out of lead. <laughs> dude, they're yeah. going
0: a hundred miles per hour through this intersection. Everybody, it was surreal and they're clipping him as they're going by and he doesn't budge. Tanya's like, he is smiling right now. Look at the, <laughs> the, look guy. At the
1: guy
3: playing banjo in the back of his <laughs> bed right now. <laughs>
1: Dude, I'm imagining the guy from Mad Max on the front of his hood with an electric guitar <laughs> yeah. shooting fire.
0: Yeah. I mean I would have loved to have videoed it and heard him like woo! <laughs> <laughs> go catch me!
1: Did you see a resolution, or was it just like back and forth, back uh, and forth? So we f- we finished filling up,
0: and then we never heard the sirens again. And everybody no. just kind of looked at each other like, mm. "Well,
1: Tuesday,
3: mm, <laughs> he might be dead."
0: May Daryl rest in peace. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was kind of fun.
3: That is fun. Speaking of kind of fun, you boys went on a little bit of a trip this last weekend. Yeah.
0: Well, I got back from Oregon and then I turned around with old Zach. Zach, you want to tell the story here?
1: Uh, Real quick. We just went, there's a potential, well, there is an investment property that uh, some of us are going in on and it needed some work on the house before we rented out. And so Jeff and I went up to Idaho and we have a friend in the area we stayed with and he helped us out. And so it was a good, quick weekend trip. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, There's Plenty of details we did see at one of the local nicer restaurants uh, in the Boise area. uh, Thank you for saying that Frenchly correctly. The actor that many of you would know as Masuka from the show Dexter was (laughs) at a rooftop (laughs) bar. Yeah, and turns out he's from Boise. Now, are
2: you? Now, I don't want to be stereotypical. Trust me, Um, this is the exact reason why I didn't go up and ask him. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said too.
1: How no, it was uh, it, uh, at in the moment I was thinking that I am like this is ninety five percent, ninety five percent. It's him. Um, he was talking to somebody that I think was daughter. I did hear mention of a Bible college on her part, like they were having a conversation on that type of thing. Um, but then when we looked it up after the fact, turns out he lives in Boise, and yeah. so that upped it to it like ninety eight point five. But it's only those few percentage points that prevented me from being the white guy, being like, "Hey, bro, you Masuka?" Well,
2: <laughs> because in was Boise, <laughs> the percentage of Asians in Boise is probably really low
1: compared yeah. to other, like San Francisco. There's for lots example. of Daryls and Chads, and right, yeah, Marks, right, Bufords, Derek's. Derek. Yeah, great bunch one. of Derek. He Tons. he
0: went mostly Dericks to Yale. He went to Yale University. That's well, is it. He's what's done the, well. Yes. What's the plural of cletus?
2: Cleti? Cletiuses? Wait, what <laughs> are we doing? Whoa! We'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, wow. All, all right. Um, Cletuses? Cleats. Cleats. <laughs> cleats.
3: Cleats. I, I think <laughs> let's, yeah, just go let's go with, there. Let's go, go with cleats. Let's go,
1: cleats. Let's go with cleats. You guys and are move me. on. <laughs> yeah. All right, but we love our friend that let us stay there. We did see uh, a neighbor of our friend that's out there has a large shed that has thousands and thousands of collectible beer cans. And um what makes a beer can collectible? Rarity? Mm. I mean, we got back to when they made cans where you couldn't you can't actually squeeze them because they're so Ooh. heavy. Ooh. Yeah. Um and we did learn oh, should we do a little trivia for them? Trivia. Oh, what okay. is what is the term bottoms up mean, mean to you in
3: drinking? Uh, yeah. You finish it, you're you're drinking the very last bit and the bottom of the can is pointing upward? Well, we... And uh, when you get done and you slam it down?
2: Yeah. Scott, how about
3: you? What do you think?
2: I think when you've had too much to drink, you- somehow your bottom is involved.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing Scott leaning okay. over a toilet. <laughs>
3: All right, so what, what is it? Oh, uh,
1: well, we thought the same thing, but he he schooled us at, in a certain time period before standards and practices were up to snuff. Cans were stored in a way and in conditions where you would get rat shit and all kinds uh, of yeah. things you wouldn't want to put in your mouth on the top. And so literally, like it, it comes from the Navy, uh, Army, like from the service, they would tell the troops, bottoms up. Start drinking from the... So you open it from the bottom. You turn oh. oh. it over. Yeah, you do the little... There's not an actual opener. It's like so old punch that you a hole just in punch it. it with like an opener and you drink it from the bottom. Bottoms up, guys. Yeah, yeah.
2: I typically wa- rinse the top of
1: my cans off yeah. before I open them. I, I that's a good idea. Probably yeah. a good idea. Mostly yeah. you're probably fine these days, but yeah. that's not a bad idea. Now,
2: in the, why wouldn't they just store them bottoms up?
1: That's a great question, Scott, but we didn't have time. We were off to dinner to go mm. um, be scared well, of talking to Masuka. Stop yeah. Masuka.
0: Yeah. I don't You're like, that's a good question. Uh, I know. <laughs>
3: Did like, he really kill
0: That's them? what I
1: should have done. Like, okay, Jeff, you watch me. I'm going to walk behind him and just, just slightly go, <laughs> if he turns around, it's him. <laughs>
0: the guys at the bar were all doing it. I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. He gosh. brought it on himself, though. This is not
1: good. But his can collection is legit. He's got a club. His name was Joe. 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 And he gave his business cards. He's got a magazine he publishes that is related to his can collecting club. Turns out it's a legit thing people do.
0: In Fenton, Missouri, the world headquarters.
1: And he does is. want to podcast. Is it a with zine? Us.
3: It's a zine.
1: Oh, it's every other month. It's a full on magazine, you Color like and cast. Actually, I yeah. don't
2: know what a zine is, but zine is like cast mm. articles.
1: So who knows? Maybe someday in the future, uh, we can all go out there and talk to him. He said he said he would love to pod. He does it all the time, uh, but he would want to do it in person. He does a, ra- a
0: three hour radio pro- broadcast every Saturday
3: on beer cans.
1: No, I think that's more just home improvement. He's a co- oh, that's right, carpenter. Yeah. yeah, so all right, that's cool. Anyway, shout out to Joe. You know who you is. What do we got? Mm. We got a, I think we got a hard out tonight and Andy's got some content. Give us some I did have a little bit. So uh, didn't Bonnie Christian
3: come on the podcast a few years ago? Yes. She was
1: a a guest? Yes. When that book came out that you're holding in your hand. I I really liked that. I enjoyed that
3: book. Yeah. Flexible Faith. So I found it in my, uh, next to my bed in the dresser the other day. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember this one. And I remember getting started on it. So, anyway, I kicked it off and uh, restarted it. And I do like it. It's really good. She does a great job of like kind of systematically going through these big concepts and distilling them down into um, very bite sized chunks.
1: Like, here's this thing that the church teaches, and here are like th- the three or four main ways that Christians have interpreted that thing or believe yeah. about that thing. It's a great like group discussion starter, which we have. A- after we had her on, we actually were doing it a lot. We did it for a while. Our occasional group where we hang out outside the podcast, where other gentlemen join us and we have some pops and talk about the deep things in life. This this book was a part of that for a while.
3: Yeah, it was. <clears throat> so so I I pulled it out again and um and and as I've been reading through it, I spent the last week with. Zach and Jeff, your children, part of your children's, mm-hmm. some of your children's, uh, doing houseboats and uh, helping keep Zach's child alive. Thank you for that. Yes, uh, as she had a a,
1: a gnarly a she, gnarly. She got injury. her bell rung. Yeah, she got, she her, got bell her bell rung. A, pretty hard
3: on a uh, on a on a tube on a tube run. Which was a bummer to end early for her. But um,
1: Scott the medic would have been handy there. Scott the medic would have these. been
3: handy there. Yeah. It would have been to diagnose and go, Yes, you have a concussion.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> How many fingers am I holding up? Yeah. Seventeen.
1: She wouldn't have answered you. She would have just thrown up on you. <laughs> 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 oh, no. It was sad. We She's doing great now, by yeah, the way. Which is awesome. Yeah. So uh, but
3: I I was leading worship and was also in charge of the or not in charge of that's the wrong word i was helping lead the senior high and graduate graduating uh, boys they're not boys anymore they're men they're all young men
1: they have like tufts of hair and stuff now <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as i read
3: as i was reading through this when i'd gotten home i was like oh this that's right she's designed it for small groups and the stuff is it's like I said, it's in bite-sized chunks. She does a great job of distilling these like cons- these complex concepts and historical facts into a, into a a way that gives you the, it gives you the meat of what you need to understand what's going on there without like spending days delving into it. It's like, hey, people study this for 10 years. I'm going to be able to give it to you in about three quarters of a page. Right. So obviously, there's lots of details that are left out, but the general gist of stuff is cool. So, one what, of the ones. what
1: drew your uh, your gaze?
3: Mm, her section on the gaze. <laughs> 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 no, the well, chapter one is it's really easy. I, I thought I she ordered it great because it is what does it mean? Chapter one is called "What Does It Mean to Say the Bible Is God's Word?" And she breaks it into the three main options. And I'll give I'll give the short versions of her options here.
1: This podcast just became a four hour
3: podcast. Continue. <laughs> I think we can do this. I think we can follow her her pattern here. Yeah. But picking. she gives uh, the first one is inerrant, and so uh, the inerrant perspective mm-hmm. on Scripture says the Bible is without error of any kind. The Bible is inspired by God, and God never errs. So logically, the Bible can't contain errors. It's correct on all matters of Christian belief. And living, as well as everything it says about history, science, or any other type of knowledge, and when we try to sort uh, when we try to sort scripture into categories of faith and history, this view says we end up making ourselves the authority over the Bible instead of the other way around. And I think one of the important what if
1: I like it that way.
3: (laughs) One of the important things uh, that that she basically says at the end is uh, the inerrancy perspective doesn't mean the Bible can never be misunderstood. In fact, when we encounter what appears to be an error or inconsistency in Scripture, Christians who affirm biblical inerrancy say the real problem is a translation screw-up, wrong interpretation, or perhaps human failure failure to comprehend God's truth.
1: I concur. If I was going to make a crass joke about that, I would say that it's the Bible's get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, oh, here's this problem I have with Scripture, and then instantly you can say, oh, well, it's, it's you. It's not the Bible because inerrancy. Thank you, human. I know that's overly simplistic, and it's meant to get a little chuckle, but it didn't, so continue. <laughs> <laughs> I know Scott's not impressed.
2: Well, I, yeah, I think it'd be just, if, if you just, if your first instinct isn't to go, okay, maybe I've misunderstood this, then there might be something wrong with
1: you. I generally, I agree with that, Scott. <laughs> okay. I believe it or yeah. not, I do.
2: Yeah. Wait, humans are faulty? <laughs>
3: Um, Okay, so let's go to the next one. So maybe I'll I'll list these off real quick and then we can kind of come back to them and chat about Or should we just park on one and then go to the next?
1: No, do do a little bit of of what she's got.
3: Okay, so the next one's infallible. So to say scripture is infallible means believing it won't fail us on any matter of Christian faith or practice. It tells us everything we need to know about following Jesus, how to be saved, what to believe, how to live. It's trustworthy and true. Here's where it differs from inerrancy. Um, Inerrancy where it differs, it's all about the other stuff the Bible includes, like some historical details, pre-scientific ideas about the world. She gives the example of, you know, describing the time that Jesus sent his disciples out to preach. The book of Matthew says he told the disciples, take no bag, no extra tunic, no sandals, no staff. Um, But telling the same story, the book of Mark says they should take sandals and a staff, but no money. Um, And so from the infallibility perspective, there's obviously a contradiction here. Um, But Jesus' point, which is travel light, trust God for your needs, it comes through either way. So despite the error, both accounts are trustworthy to communicate Jesus' teaching.
1: Yeah, what's the the main point being spoken of? And don't get distracted by the little things that don't really matter to the main thrust of the story.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And and then I I think maybe in taking the idea of inerrancy and infallibility. So uh, some people would say that infallibility is a lesser standard than inerrancy, so like infallible means the historical stuff can be inaccurate, but the truth, the the stuff, the spiritual stuff, this the stuff about God and yeah. how we should worship God, uh, that is, um, uh, that can still be true even though the historical or scientific yeah. or whatever cultural stuff is inaccurate. Um, other people take it as well. No, the infallibility aspect is a higher standard. Because that's what's more important. That the stuff about yeah. how we how we connect with God is vastly more important than the historical aspect. Yeah. Uh, so that, I mean, that's just that, it's an interesting. That's thing That's why to this think about.
1: this conversation is so. Why I, I never get tired of yeah. conversations around this because I've heard people define like well very quickly. I don't believe in biblical inerrancy, and I I don't want to explain that right now but maybe we'll touch on that later but i've heard people say that they believe in inerrancy and here's what that means to me and then i listen to them and it's like well i kind of agree with you and then i hear other people describe inerrancy and i'm like no we're in total two totally different spots so and and same with infallibility um but and i do notice that a lot of people who are in the infallibility camp but not the inerrancy camp there's a lot of people in that, in that section that you would know and love and believe that you wouldn't yeah. question their credentials or their, you know, their overall scholarship. You might disagree yeah. on the details, but they're like, it's just amazing how broad each of these things is.
2: Yeah. And I think, sorry, and another thing, um, evaluating these two ideas is also slightly different. So from the inerrancy side, it's, you evaluate it with what else we know about the world. Um, mm-hmm. So from a historical perspective, did these groups live in this area at the time that they said they lived in? Um, the scientific aspect. Yeah. Uh, does it correlate with what we know about science from the infallibility side? That is a little more difficult because how do you confirm that this is how God wants us to, to connect with them. Like this like because that's what infallibility the main thrust of infallibility is. This is what God has said is how we connect with God. So how do you prove that? So that that's a that's a question that I think Christians need to I don't I don't think it's a difficult question, but yeah. it, I just don't think that many Christians actually go down that road.
3: I think she she does kind of touch on where these two have a little bit of a rub specifically around um, biblical history. So she's saying, um, here's the caveat admitting that the Bible's historical and scientific content can contain mistakes. Doesn't mean throwing all biblical history into doubt. So the gospel story of Jesus, for example, is central to Christian faith in a way that say the number of guys who fought in some ancient battle just isn't. Don't
1: throw baby Jesus out with the bathwater.
2: Now, now, so but i i think there is another question there though so if so let's let's separating infallibility from yeah. inerrancy if you're saying the bible is infallible so the the truth claims about god are correct mm-hmm. but the bible is inerrant or is is the bible is not inerrant so the bible could contain historical or scientific or whatever yeah at there there i think there has to be another question is at what point can the Bible be ha, 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 at what point can the Bible contain X number of errors historically and scientifically, and we would still cons- consider it to be something that is valuable for knowing how we should worship God? And I'm saying X number, like. There's not maybe like a like a not like a a number like a hundred or whatever, yeah. but there's there's a significant number. So it's like let's like let's just go to extreme. Let's say the Bible is wrong about all historical and scientific claims are wrong. Let's just go there. Okay. Does that would that mean that we would question the theological aspects of the Bible? And then of course abstracting yeah. it from the Bible, say any religious text, mm-hmm. um, How? why would we, I guess the question is, why would we trust a religious text yeah. at all, especially if so many things are wrong about the things that we know from other sources?
3: I think she sets this up in a really cool way because she begins by telling the story. She's like, the other day I had to go to this store and this store closed, I had to pick something up. This store closed at eight o'clock and I showed up at 7:56 with full confidence that when I walked in that door, place was going to be open. And I, she goes, sure enough, I went in there, got what I needed, got out. And her point was, we live in a very precise society right now, mm. and that is a, that is a very modern thing. And so, living in a pre- precise society with phones that connect to satellites, which connect to atomic clocks, which are don't lose a second over a million years, is far cry I've from, never counted that high <laughs> <laughs> far cry from yeah, yeah. from uh, from biblical times they did not leave they didn't live in that level of precision and so for us to try to apply that same expectation in terms of the writing and capturing things she, she made the analogy it's like hey yeah the shopkeeper might keep it open till it gets dark or till they're ready to go home it, yeah. you know if we were trying to or try,
2: try to go to a restaurant um, at, if it closes at nine, try to go at 8.55 with a party of 10. What are they going to tell you? And be like, no, no, we're not, we're not open any longer because they, they can't, they're not going to keep the kitchen open that long. Maybe I,
3: that yeah. might be a different point, but the point that, that she, I think she's trying to make is um, when we try to take our current modern day, highly precision based society and apply that thinking to historical events and historical like capturing of these events, which is really where about infallibility is saying, "Hey, it's we can be okay with there being
1: a little messiness, a
3: little bit of messiness in there, as long as we're maintaining what are, what are the core things of, what are the core theological elements, what are the core teachings of Jesus? Do those do those maintain?" And um, and and we can allow some level of doubt, but it it does yeah. it does do the hate we it doesn't mean we say it's all
2: thrown out. Well, and that's the question: is at what level can it be uh, historically inaccurate? And it's going to vary depending on
1: your particular. But 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 the belief. but I think the question
2: is: would the people of the day understood the historical and scientific aspects? And that that might be a more valid question than. Uh, Per, maybe there's what some what do you there's, mean there's some, i think you're getting closer yeah there's some there's some cases it's, there's some cases where our modern understanding of science would would give us a clue as to uh, the validity of a of a religious text mm-hmm. uh so let's say let's say there's a religious text that says that um that that uh the the sun sets in a muddy pool of water sure you might go okay from that Yeah. okay well uh e- oh oh Okay, well, what do they mean by that? So you, there, there might be some ambiguity there. But then, but then, but then, there's another text that says, uh, that says that uh, this person found the place where the sun sets. It's like, oh, okay, well, so uh, it, that kind
3: of <laughs> drifts into into uh, literalism, which is what she is that talks about three? too. Yeah. It's uh, number four. Ooh, let's get to number three. It's number four, which is literalism, yeah. which would be d- if we read a section of scripture in there. Do we think that they actually meant that the sun is going into a muddy pit of of well, water? May,
2: maybe not. Maybe but not from on. one text, oh. but oh. when you when you add in the other text of they found the place where the sun sets, that, that then it's like, okay, how how am I supposed to take it where they they actually find the place hold where hold the sun sets? It's fine. I'm not, I'm
3: actually not super worried Thanks about. For in, Jeff. Yeah, I'm Good not super worried you. about. I I can't judge people with pre scientific ideas. Like it just is. It's not. I don't think it's fair to to read the the context there, but where she's using about literalism, I love this. So she says- uh, This is number three? This is number, well, it's a note about this. So it's not really a different way. Oh, no, we didn't talk about inspired. We'll get this to inspired in way. a second. But the literalism part is, she said, um, uh, before moving on from these options, let me pause to explain why, in quotes, taking the Bible literally is not, this is not one of the options. Because she said the word literally is much abused in everyday conversation. Um who, I
1: literally died, you guys. That's what she says. I was yeah. laughing so hard. <laughs> she says
3: so. When Christians say they take the Bible literally, they almost always mean they take it extremely seriously and believe it to be inerrant, which is the um, the first of the options. Um, they almost never they they don't use that to deny the fact that the that the Bible uses figurative
2: language, right? Because nobody takes it. Song of Absolutely Solomon, they don't 100.
3: believe that it's actual doves in the eyeballs uh, sockets. That's like a horror story, is how she described right. it. That's not that's, right. But not but real.
2: but I think that also works for the other side that's that accuses people of taking the Bible literally because what do they mean in their accusation against against people that yeah, say I'll, they take it literally?
1: Yeah. Also I don't find like gazelle necks or whatever sexy, so it doesn't work for me. If Song you of were Solomon. A gazelle, I might. Um, let me just read the Google definition of literally. Or this is part of it. Okay. Used for emphasis or to express strong feeling, while not being literally true. Oh my gosh! Is that the first <laughs> definition? No, it's not. It's okay. the secondary. It's the informal <laughs> definition. But that has come about because people language change. It's not that big of a deal. Language changes. Yeah. It Hold on. Has. Let me look the definition up on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're right. It does. Okay. So- Snapchat boomer. It's TikTok now, <laughs> bro. And no, it's not. The high school boys told me, Oh yeah. The the men, they told me, by the way, i made, I'll tell you at the end of this where I scored way big, cool points. Um, in spite of what my wife told me and I got to huh. kind of point it out. I know, I know what's swaggy and what's not. Here's the last one inspired. So for some Christians affirming the Bible is in some sense inspired by God doesn't mean it's infallible or inerrant. Now, it's read some, that
1: one more time for dyslexics.
3: Now, affirming the Bible is in some sense inspired by God. It doesn't mean it's infallible or inerrant. Now, um, she says it's it's kind of unfair to call this a third option because it's far from as like a uniform view. But um, a but, lot of gray. But. This is a, she says, I can at least highlight some broad themes of this perspective in this category, which tend to be held by Protestants in more theologically liberal mainline denominations. So here's the most important theme: It's an emphasis on human input in scripture. So instead of being like a boss dictating a letter to a secretary who just types it up, Christians in this category.
1: And then smelling her hair and maybe running a, their hand down there's, the secretary's back. Are oh you talking about Biden? Smelling her out. hair. It's a. it's, it's, it's come on, it's, man. Buomo. Buomo. I just need
2: you to type this up. Why am I whispering? <laughs> oh, come on, man. Hey, it's no a joke.
3: It's, it's, not, it's not a joke. It's, a short, <laughs> short, <laughs> it's just a short essay. I just need you to. I'm
2: serious. I'm
3: going to give you the letters. <laughs> 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 Instead of being like a boss dictating a letter to a secretary who just types it up. (laughs) Christians in this category say God is more like a teacher who gives an essay prompt, but lets the students do the writing. This is up your alley, Jeff. It's talking about teacherdom. Uh, The human (laughs) authors of scripture do communicate some revelation from God, but God also lets them communicate a lot of their own ideas, including their own historical ideas scientific, even theological errors. The Bible can can contain words from God, this view says, but it isn't purely the word of God. Some Christians in this category also distinguish between the Bible as revelation itself and as a human witness to revelation. So the text is not God's word proper, they'll argue, but rather a record of God's word incarnate in Jesus, or perhaps a record of events in which God revealed himself to humans. It's a story about divine revelation, but ultimately a very human story. And so, I'll skip ahead. To give too much emphasis and authority to the Bible, they warn, risks idolizing it. The Bible should be treated more as a source of reflection than as an authority, authoritative direction for Christian life and faith.
2: Wait, so read, that, read that last sentence again.
3: The Bible should be treated more as a source of reflection than as authoritative direction for Christian
2: life and faith. So, the bible wait,
1: that's inspired take that generally
2: wait, well I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to so she's downplaying the idea that the bible is the authority for christian's life and faith this is a i don't know if you'd if she
3: is per se but she's she's explaining what the inspired approach to viewing the bible
2: or or is she explaining the liberal the what does she say the liberal she read it again
1: and take it generally. She, yeah, so it's not in she, terms of people
2: yeah. who would say the Bible is inspired,
3: more often than not, they would fall, they would believe that the Bible should be treated more as a source of reflection than as an authoritative direction for Christian life and faith. And
0: that's not what she huh. is saying. That's not what she is saying. She, she hasn't given She her- is saying this is
2: what people who believe this... Huh. This is what What's it say? means to say the Bible is inspired. I, you know what? Hold on a second. Yeah, you know what sure. I like about this
1: book too. If if yeah. you end up getting this book, dear listener, uh, there are times. Some of the sections she does has like my, when she feels passionate about it, she'll do like the main ones, and then she'll do her view. And oftentimes, yeah. it's it's not just one or the other. Most of these things are like kind of like a a mesh. Like there's yeah. a gradient. Hence going,
0: the title of the book,
1: Flexible Faith. Right. Yeah. So, like inerrancy and infallibility, a lot of people hold to both or variations on both um, while exercising their faith, and um, and it would look very comfortable to most of our listeners if you you happen to be a Christian. Yeah, if I, you're an I, atheist, I, I want to hear what you have to think
2: about I, this. Too. I would have understood people that hold to inspiration would be more, more, would be readily more, would be readily more. They they would say more often that the bible is like the rule for life and faith like like the authoritative for life and faith as opposed to the opposite but I have an the, example the Bi- yeah, yeah she
3: says the bible can contain words from god but it isn't purely the word of god
2: now i have an um... right but that but that that's kind of like even even if it's not purely the word of god it's still that the 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 claim of the bible is that the prophets of God and the apostles of Jesus, they are proclaiming God's revelation to mankind. So Jesus tells us that we are to obey every command that He says. And so, so you're, more, I think you're
3: trying to argue against the inspired perspective.
2: Well, no, I'm, I'm, you're i arguing think, her definition. I'm arguing of her definition of the inspired perspective because I, I would put people who claim. Inspiration. I, I, I would. I think that mm-hmm. they would be more readily <laughs> said. I did it again. I, th- I think they would be more apt to say that the Bible is authoritative for life and faith.
1: Right, and I think, and they would still say it's inspired. I think maybe where she's going is that, uh, and where it's honestly where I'm more a little more comfortable, but obviously with a million caveats, as you all know. Um, that inspiration, if you don't. If you hesitate to say I'm infallible, or, or the Bible's infallible, or the Bible's inerrant, but I still believe the Bible's inspired, you would land generally more in the it's it's good generally. It's less the Bible is whatever, whatever however you close that out. It's less a roadmap for life. I'm thinking of the bumper sticker, basic instructions before leaving Earth, which I'm guessing none of us would really ascribe to now, um, but there's a lot of christians that have that view. John Piper uh once said when he was in a tweet he was talking about one of Paul's letters and he said in Paul's in Paul's blueprint for us x y, and Z, I don't even remember what he said, but he, he he takes the view that like Paul is writing he wrote authoritatively for them and it's also our blueprint. So for for John Piper it would be Definitely inspired plus inerrant plus, you know, a uh, close literal, although he's not like a, because it says like thousand days and, or what to pick a, like God owns the cattle on a thousand hills or mm. whatever it is. He wouldn't say it has to be that number. So he's not a literalist, but he's pretty, pretty tight on most things. Mm. It's it's the Bible is the authoritative uh, roadmap and all it declares for the Christian then and the Christian now for but, all time,
3: but he wouldn't fall under inspired. I think uh, she does say In her definition, she, she doesn't,
1: yeah. by the way, she doesn't draw a
3: hard line and say it's either, or she just says it's more reflective than authoritative. So she's not discounting that authoritative, there are authoritative aspects to the inspired mm. so interpretation.
1: We got a little flavor on Scott and I, I don't mind hearing more from Scott too, but I don't know. Is that, oh. is there more like generally? But I was going to think.
3: Well, well, what I thought was interesting is if you... uh, I'll grab one little other other section that I thought was pretty cool. I didn't know much about Seventh Day Adventists. Mm -hmm. And she does a little Q&A at the end of it. And... When, it, when she's talking to the guy, he's completely naked and he's not wearing a stitch of clothing and he's running through the middle of the street and I'm seeing if Jeff is even paying attention as I'm saying this right now. <laughs> I'm picturing that. <laughs> Started picturing yesterday. It's really it's odd that she included shit. that in the book. What yeah. do you think Weird. about that, Jeff? There's a picture. That is that he, a literal? It's, a, it's the only picture in the book. I was wondering, where where is he going? So he said... Now, uh, is it metaphorical where's but the guy it is going? also
1: analogous to something? <laughs> yeah.
3: He said... Uh, so she's interviewing him and... I thought this was very interesting. He says, historically, Adventists believe in a concept we call present truth, which is essentially the belief that God continues to reveal truth through his word that may have been previously misunderstood or not put into practice. So for this reason, we don't espouse any creeds, which are by nature solidified and unchanging, but we affirm the truth that is expressed in the creeds via blah, 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 blah. I thought that was very interesting, the concept of present truth.
2: Yeah, that could be a slippery slope Is because it's like, oh, the church, like has, the church has never understood it this way. Well, we're giving you the right understanding Potentially. Now. Which they do. The Seventh-day Adventists do do that. <laughs> and they teach it as authoritative because... Because somebody... Because, mi- yeah, but yeah. It's
1: just because somebody misuses or abuses something of one particular group or whatever, it doesn't mean the thing itself is not a worthwhile... It's kind of connected to, to inerrancy a little
3: right. bit, Right. Inerrancy, which is um, if something doesn't seem right, it's just that it was you misunderstood it, or there's a problem with translation, and so That's eventually the get out of
1: jail free card. Um, Zach was talking. If you about. get to a
3: place where you do understand it, oh, now yeah, we understand I, this I, thing.
1: I
2: think I would separate those ideas: inerrancy and the idea that uh, uh, God is still revealing interpretations. Um,
3: I don't think they're the same thing. I'm not saying they're the same thing. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a relation there. There's a connection in that. Um, like when they say when he says, um God continues to reveal truth through through his word that may have been previously misunderstood or not put into practice. And if we go back to inerrancy, it is uh they they just basically they mention um,
1: Jeff, he's still with us. How you how you doing, Jeff? Well he's fine. No, I, I'm I'm good. I'm. What
0: What do you think about? Oh yeah. That? Okay.
3: When we encounter what appears to be an error or an inconsistency in scripture, Christians who affirm biblical inerrancy say the real problem is a translation screw up, wrong interpretation, or perhaps, perhaps human
2: failure to comprehend God's truth. Yeah. So I. I. Yeah. I. You see the there, connection? There. Are, I think along the same lines, but opposite uh, trajectories. So one is maybe. Yeah. So one is like the the inerrancy part would be no one has understood it correctly. And then the, the seventh day Adventist is like, no one has understood it correctly, but now we're giving you the right uh, understanding of it. Yeah. Like, but no one else has understood. Oh, okay. So I, I yeah. Oh,
0: so, Jeff's going to talk to er- us. Here we go. <laughs> so earlier, I think it was a conversation with you, Zach. We were talking about um, going into marriage. Like people, are they ready for marriage or is like, and, but I brought up the idea of like, I don't, think like people say, well, we're holding off. So we're f- more financially stable and then we'll be
1: ready for, or oh, sorry, for kids, not marriage. Quick, quick context. I asked him cause we got, we all have kids that we know about Scott. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That uh, I say for Scott says he's
3: still at least nine months away from a kid. Yeah. yeah. I'm always,
2: I'm
0: <laughs> always at least <laughs> and 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 I, and nine I months said, away you've uh, uh, never been said, closer and
1: I said 10 months. Yeah. But I continue. <laughs> That's right. But I did with some of us having kids exploring relationships in their, in their early teens. Um, the reality is not far away. Uh, generally Christian people who are dating, I think marry younger than the average person. So I put it to a friend of ours, hi Matt and Jeff, like are like just in general, not who your kids are dating. It has nothing to do with it. But like, if your kids got married 19, 20, 21, as it, will happen sometimes with young Christian couples, uh, does that trigger like a, maybe just wait or a, yeah, go for it. Absent any context of like who they're dating, obviously that changes everything. And so that's the background of his question.
0: So it got into my thoughts was, okay, I don't think you're ever going to be ready to have children. Like you can't say, well, we're going to be more financially stable and then we're going to be able to have children. like, nothing prepares you. And I'm tying this into the Bible of mm. God's word and the life that, that Jesus lived and the what I truly believe is an inerrant Bible. Like we just, we read the Bible. We may read into the Bible. We have different interpretations across the world. And ultimately it's like, we're not... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Alexa. We're 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 not. We will never be ready to hear the absolute, like perfect interpretation of the Bible and the life to be lived from Jesus because it was perfection, and we we're not there. We'll never be there. But we we jump in, and and it's constantly like raising children
1: Andy our ears are ringing are you talking about <laughs> I understand what's
3: happening I like, thought all these Alexas were turned off I'm sorry
0: Jeff like raising children which we were not ready when we jumped in we're learning as we go and we're trying to kind of balance the the spinning plates and understand like gosh I where's the balance in this so like what am I supposed to do next and what like what decisions do I make as a parent, as a husband, you know, with my wife and making all these decisions. This is and pretty deep, Jeff. With the Bible, it's like we're people would say, Well, is it really, you know, is it really God's word? It's like you will never you'll never know a hundred percent because that's what faith is. We're like, but we believe, like this is God's word. The Bible is it is the life lived and and instructions of like this amazing world that's been created by our creator and sending his son and saying, here's perfection and not like some grasping that and actually having a relationship with Jesus, but not really like we still didn't even understand. We didn't even know what was around the next corner. He just, even those who knew Jesus didn't know what was coming next. Love it. Now bring it home. (laughs) Um, Um, But ultimately that is, it's the unknown mystery of we continue to grow and learn and things are like the veil gets torn and we're like, oh my gosh, I did not know this. What is happening in my world? That is, that is the life that we live trying to read and interpret and understand and have conversations. It sounds
1: like you're talking about, Like the practice of faith, so you you might think something about the Bible, or you might have a belief about what the Bible is doing, or interpret your interpretation of it, or where you fall generally on this on this category in flexible faith, and those things can change, but you if you're not if you don't have a practice like a faith practice, you you know. Yeah, if you don't
0: have a practice, there's gravity to it all. And if you don't, if you're not the magnitude, there's there's the faith
1: component and allowing yourself to change. Like the metaphor about relationships is cool. It's pretty cool in a way because if you're waiting until all your ducks are in a row to get married, you can always find a reason to opt out. Same with having kids. And the best, some of the best things in life, the most rewarding things, are hard work and kind of making the road as you walk. And I think that includes your faith because I don't think faith is static. Well, faith is not static for me. And it's it's been a winding road and a, and a journey including changes in what I think the Bible is or isn't or what it's trying to do. Or and I would say there
0: our understanding is not static. I mean that's where right. I would, right.
1: There might be an ultimate truth. The Bible might be an there might be an ultimate truth, an absolute truth to what the Bible is and we can only have glimpses in my view
2: but that might be the question so in in this inf- in the infallible aspect um and given her other things about in- inspiration uh well is the bible does the bible contain the ultimate truth about god and how he's revealed himself Man. to us and how we connect with god i don't know scott but uh, well not, that no that's a but that's is that a that's question? probably of probably a the co- most important
1: well it's, it's not one a of the bad mo- question it was the way your question it's one of the most important was. questions no it is but i'd like to hear now that we've done a little bit of deconstructing and people can probably make some assumptions based on their knowledge uh as a listener but like jeff andy and then mm-hmm. secondarily scott and myself um like what are you comfortable with what in, in this ballpark briefly cuz we got about 15 20 minutes.
0: Yep. You want to go Jeff? Uh sure. Uh, one it's it's all in and all the and everything within the Bible is true. There's it's inerrant. there are no you may you may say as in your interpretation there's discrepancies but Preach. ultimately there is there there is this life to be lived that's God's given to us and he There has been great sacrifice on our behalf that have that has leveled it's not it's more than leveled the playing field. It has brought victory to the believers and his people. And there are times where we don't understand. We have no Mm -hmm. idea what what is next. Like we're not saying just take get I give my life to you, you know, do whatever you're gonna. No, it's like, no, if you're in this, then you're actually on the field, you're not in the dugout it's it's time to play and take action and follow, you know, hear me like in your prayers. And um, that Holy Spirit is there within you and you know, like what you have to do. Sometimes we pause, sometimes we take action, but ultimately um, there's this greatness and it's a magnitude, there's gravity to it all. And um, if someone's like, oh, I don't believe the Bible, It's I don't think it's all true. It's like, Okay, well that's where you are, but I have like there's something that drives us to to act and and it's and the right and wrong in all of it. Yeah. But it's there's a clarity for me and one I don't I don't know. Um I don't know. It's a mystery and the, but there's something like there's. It sounded
1: an, like you knew a no, lot. No, there's. Yeah, no, no, no.
0: But no, for, for like that. I got you. I got that you. that awe, that awe yeah. of like, like that gives you like tingles on the back of your neck. That it was like, man, this is amazing mm. life, and I and I don't yeah. know where it's going, but I know that it's spectacular it's in all the terribleness and all the amazingness it's this is a life worth living and i've said that before but that's that's where i am with the bible with jesus with the holy spirit and just having i mean look at us we're sitting here talking about this is fantastic
1: (laughs) now i just want to say before we get to andy or any reactions uh i just i wish i had a little slice of the pie that you just served up because it's cheesecake it was the most pie (laughs) It's the most Jeff answer of
3: all the Jeff answers. (laughs) It was the the perfect Jeff answer. And
1: I, that is a total compliment. There is a a passion in there that um, I honestly am jealous of. So I'll just leave that there.
3: Okay. I'll take it. All right. So inerrant, (laughs) you land on inerrant. It sounded like, like yes. although uh, I I disagreed with like the first two sentences that you said, then I think I agreed with the rest of it. (laughs) <laughs> well let's have the court reporter read back those first is, which no, was it's, which it's was cool. that, that that you didn't that you believe that there were no errors or uh, within the bible so i'm on the infallible side and um believing that the bible is infallible is, is um it's it's real easy for me is her example that she gives where you have two different accounts of the same thing that occurs um when I when I read the Bible again through that lens of understanding we live in a very precise society today we can't put that same level of precision and also um is is where the uh is where the inconsistency is there or maybe or could be called an error whatever is that a critical matter of salvation or is that just a side note, and and I don't believe that that if we find something wrong with the side note, that we have to throw everything out, uh, right? And, and so, so it's easy for me to to hold that true, and and um, and again, recognize you have pre-scientific ideas, people who are trying to understand the world uh, at that time, yeah. and don't have the language to capture that per se. Um, but I do believe that that these that God is breathing these words into people and that these are the accounts are true and that the teachings are true and that those things maintain and that, that that this is the best way to know how to trust, believe follow Jesus attain salvation.
0: Yeah. Okay. Just a comment that was on precision and spirit and I'm putting in spirit is about precision of like the inerrant, like, uh, I don't think it's inerrant. It's that's why you fall in infallible. But yeah, the, I've been in times where um, it wasn't about precision. There was something about the spirit where people then asked me, why did you make that decision? Mm. And I, I said, I can't explain. I can't explain to you why I made that decision. I can't. There's nothing in my brain that could actually explain the decision and the process that I went through because I don't think it came from a decision or a process like of that, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z, and then I will get this result. It was the spirit moving me to make those decisions, and and it, it, Zach said, "Well, that's a get out of jail free card." Like you,
3: you know, if it can be. I mean, yeah. The argument of like God told me instantly ends all debates, right? Because right? I'm not oh, saying how, it's
0: always. That. How can I but, say that yeah, God didn't tell true. you? That? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that would be my retort Maybe to that's your the burrito. You have that would be my retort. Yeah, <laughs> that would be my retort to your. I disagree with those first two sentences because I would land on, and not that it even um, is pushing back on what you said. Um, yeah. Even though I'm, dis- I'm I'm disagreeing with you. You know, hey, I don't I don't disagree with these first two sentences. But I would say, you know what, I'm not exactly sure if I could even disprove or prove yeah. that um, the inerrancy of the bible i could if someone said is it an error yes can you prove it i i I cannot that's fair no you can't i I think that's fair
1: you can't and what i I love people even if i disagree with them that have a passionate belief about whatever but in this for the purpose of this like the bible or their faith but also are very like self-aware of like there there's that open, like it's not totally closed fist, I have the truth in here. It's like I have this passionate belief, but they're also they hold it in a humble way because ultimately there is a question. Sure. There's a there's faith that comes in into the into this conversation yes. that um
3: well the reason this conversation is important because I think the way that you important. the way that you read the Bible foundationally informs the type of faith that you have. And and if you understand how you're reading and interpreting the Bible.
1: Or is it the type of faith you have informs how you read the Bible? Sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but but it's important to be aware of those to be aware of those things and, and and be like cognizant. Oh, hey, this is what I this is how I view and how I read the Bible. And therefore, whenever I'm reading any scripture, like I'm interpreting it through this lens. Yeah. And there's no way that can not affect you and that can't affect what your faith looks like in in your day-to-day life.
1: Which leads to kind of where I'm at right now is looking through you. We look through our lenses and interpret. And I think that goes all the way back to the Bible um, in that wherever this puts me, whatever that God, the inspiration of God is doesn't violate, in my humble opinion, does not violate uh, people's humanity, their current culture, their current knowledge. Um, maybe there's some exceptions, but when we interpret, we interpret with our human lens based on our cultural context. Mm-hmm. The biblical writers were writing out of their cultural context, which for me means that there's not, they wouldn't be doing eternal scientific truths that were undiscovered. It would have been scientific truths based on their time and and place, Um, which has been helpful as I I I have come out of the closer to a literal view of the scripture being the authoritative word of God, infallible and inerrant. That's kind of what I was brought up in and into a more inspirational-based infallibility I can get with depending on how it's defined. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will confess that when I hear people talking like this is God's word, when they cap off reading scripture with, this is God's word, it's a little bristling to me. Um, bristling, bristling. What does that mean? It means like, I, I'm uncomfortable with the Bible being portrayed as this is, this is the word of God. I'm more comfortable with Jesus being the revelation of God that, and if you define the word of God as Jesus. That's my more of my comfort zone currently. Um, And that doesn't, that's not to say you throw the baby out with the bathwater and that, that the Bible can't contain uh, truths, even ultimate truths that, that we can discover in mine. Uh, But the Bible, if you're reading the Bible for, for my particular context, when the Bible was the word of God, um, and i think you mentioned bonnie talking about the danger of venturing into idolatry with the bible right um, i would never have recognized it at the time but looking back it definitely was my my faith was based on my particular view of the bible and that had to change and from in my context it was painful and a little I mean, bit sketchy in terms of throwing uh baby jesus out with the doubt bath water as that started to change but
3: there's yeah. so many babies being thrown I know. out with so much mm-hmm. bath water in this episode.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: But don't worry. It's like hibiscus scented or there's like a bath bomb in there. That, we're in a drought. Know. Oh. Yeah. So Scott, <laughs> is,
3: no, but, but, <laughs> Scott, we're so-
1: you, Inerrancy, I, yeah.
3: inspired. I'm pointing to Jeff as inerrancy.
1: Inspired, you're in, even infallible.
3: You've, you've- No, no. You, you came yeah. closer to inspired, I think. Yeah.
1: I think there's like, I've heard people talk about infallibility. Yeah. Uh, where but maybe I'm you're like, somewhere okay. in between. Yeah. And- oh, Okay, that's fair. Subject to change.
2: And so Zach, can I ask you a couple? So you mentioned a thor- briefly, yes. A thor- Actually,
3: no, you can't. We only got two minutes left. We need to find out where you're landing.
2: Um, yeah. So <laughs> sorry. So maybe we do part two next. <laughs> week. Maybe we do part two. Hold your yeah. question, Scott. Not because so, I don't
1: want to do this. Yeah, you know. But that. we have that
2: hard. Yeah. Out. So I, uh, um, at least it's at least infallible. Um, on the inerrancy side, inerrancy would come down to, uh, known errors. So, if there are known errors, mm. then what do we
1: say about that? If you can demonstrate, Inerrancy says it,
3: it, no known errors. So, yeah, Actually, no, no errors known or otherwise.
1: Sure, pretty much. So I'd, have to, I'd have to think about that for no, a second, but
2: like sure. The, let's go. Yeah, Inerrancy is—you um,
3: just don't understand it yet, or it was mis- it was mistranslated?
2: Um, well, are yeah, yeah. Are are there any errors? The 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 example that Bonnie mentioned. Um, and I we might have we I, I might have brought it up in the, in the previous podcast, but uh, uh, where we talked about the book, um I, I would just have to verify I'd have to go back and verify that um those two different gospels are talking about the same event because Jesus does send out um uh, his disciples two different times. One, he sends them out and he and he tells them to to uh, not take any money belt or any uh, 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 a second cloak or whatever. Um, and then the, the other and then he sends him out again and he tells him take a take a money belt and, and take an extra mm-hmm. cloak or something like that so I, I would just have to verify that but I so I'm just saying I'm not sure that that's a good example of, uh, uh, okay, of but that's not of, the question right now yeah.
1: I, I know but'm there, but, there's I'm, other examples.
2: I, I'm, but I'm, I'm just pointing out that um in order to deny inerrancy we would have to demonstrate an error so I'm just so that, that's where I would say is okay. Well, what's the error? Errors are in the, eye of uh, the
1: beholder, like in John. The-
2: inconsistencies
1: is typically how they show. Yeah, so says where, it here. Well, that's it my says, point.
2: No, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, where is it? That, that's my point. I mean, I can Google
3: it for you, and we can get a long list in like ten seconds. This isn't hard. This isn't like a the new fee- argument. I, I'm
2: not even. I'm not even asking you for an example. My point is, yeah. In it, to, guess, it, to the inerrantist is saying there are no errors. So yeah. So right. it would be incumbent. Yes. On, it'd be incumbent to say, uh, on someone saying, well, no, there are errors. Okay, well, show them. Okay, yeah. so
1: an inerrantist would take how one gospel has the feeding of the, the thousands at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Mm-hmm. Another gospel has it more towards the end. And an inerrantist might say, well, it happened twice. I've heard that. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus did these things twice. Yeah. And that, or, or they if, might, or they might say if you're more, I I understand if you're more in the inspiration camp, it's like the point isn't like the details of exactly when it happened in the ministry. The point is you, and you can get into the human aspect of the authors. The authors had a narrative they wanted to drive home for specific yeah. reasons. And the details yeah. and the, the arrangement of the order was something that wouldn't have, Affected the readers yeah. at the time but the what, way it does us what, who look for historical.
2: Yeah, but would we call that an error? I, I just, some people she would. Says, I, I it just She says some I things just,
3: appear to be contradictions, and it's really easy. Like, that, yeah. again, would not that a That new... be an
2: error, though. I, I'm not sure. Plus, she,
3: for some she doesn't plus, say errors, by the way. She says
2: contradictions, which and, would. Oh, okay, if, if a contradiction in my book would be an error. Uh, Even if the event happened? Is your book a book well, well, so, No, but so that's, that's the point is is if it's a contradiction what's if the event happened so what's the contradiction and then looking at the different gospels is is are are we are we saying that that each gospel has to be in in chronological order uh, there there are multiple factors that you have to consider before you say oh this is an error therefore we have to deny an and go with some uh, inspiration, which would be a different form right. of inspiration. I just gave you an than, example.
1: People can do their yeah, own there's ma- lots math. There's of those. But you, uh, particularly you, uh-huh. it sounds like you're more, you have a version of inerrancy, maybe depending on how it's defined.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying where's the error? No, is, for is, you, yeah. what's
1: your opinion on this? We got,
2: I, I'm saying I, I, yeah, reading through the Bible a few times, I, I, I have things that I might not agree with, or I have problems with. Um, do you think it's all true. Well, so that so that's that's the
1: question of God dang it, Jake. You Just <laughs> open up another worm no, no,
2: but no, but that's what that's what I that I, is try, I, But I, I tried to I, I tried to make the distinction uh, in, in the beginning, um, historical, scientific, or whatever else, yeah, cultural and infallible, which is the theological aspects. So not tr- I definitely in the infallible aspect of, of the theological claims are is is all true. Yes, infallible doesn't throw out all historical stuff.
3: By the way it doesn't it just allows for there to be some contradictions or differences. It doesn't say none of the historical things are accurate. Uh,
2: it's that, like yeah, no, the no, date that's, was what, that's off, why I'm right. that's why I'm making okay. a, that's why I'm making a distinction yeah. to evaluate those two things separately. Yeah. Um and what I'm saying on the on the historical scientific cultural aspect is well it, it's we have to find where where are the errors. That that's my point. Okay.
1: Okay. So earth was
2: created in 7 days. Yeah, so so if so, if the if Are they literal that's, seven days no well, so that's the question is? so is does that mean it's an error that that's my point is yeah. what does the text what does the text say it says what, what seven is, days what it, but no but is is that what or is six that and one is, resting. is that it's is that its intended meaning a, a literal seven days or not well we have to evaluate that What does that mean?
1: Uh, It has nothing to do with you. It's that the fact that I got to run, we're out of time, and maybe we can continue this. This is a rich conversation that deserves more time for sure, but I hope people got something out of it. I will say real quick in the feedback segment, if there was one, would be that somebody emailed me um, that I have not responded to for a few (laughs) days, but (laughs) they were a first time listener and I will respond. You know who you is. Uh, Asking about the sheet that you prepared for our our mushroom episode and wanted to take a look at that. So I will forward you that email. Thank you for reaching out. Yes. Person, you know who you are. We did a mushroom episode? I will respond to you, uh, psychedelics. It was three uh, weeks ago, so I understand uh, how you forgot.
2: Hallucinogenetics. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So thank you for listening, first time listener. uh, And maybe you'll be a long time caller eventually uh, by leaving us a voicemail.
3: Before we go, inerrant... Infallible or inspired? Which one?
2: All three.
1: What? I love it. I Obviously, love
2: it. they overlap.
1: Right, right. I mm. like it. I, like I don't it.
2: think... Okay. We'll take it. Total non-answer. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I think you have to choose one. I, no, actually, you can't. No, it's, you don't have to no, choose one. It, for sure, you can't have inerrancy and um, inspiration exist coexisting. Those it, cannot. You
2: can't hold both of those. According to Bonnie's definition of inspiration, no. sure. But I I would I would but surely, a, Scott believes I diff- the Bible's inspired I have a different definition of inspiration right. yeah where no prophecy of scripture came about by one's own interpretation that uh, it's in Peter so right. yeah the, the Holy Spirit and, and and it says the whole that uh, the scriptures is God breathed yes so it, it's definitely inspiration it comes down to what's the definition
1: so congratulations, listener. We didn't give you any definite <laughs> answer, but that's that's, that's why this conversation is so, so awesome. Good.
0: Scott, you only got one shot. Do not miss your chance. This, a win. this <laughs> opportunity, opportunity comes once in a, a lifetime.
1: lifetime.
0: <laughs>
1: no, more, no more games. No more games, Hey, that, Jeff, when you get that tingly behind your Mom's, neck... Mom's spaghetti. Jeff, when your <laughs> neck is tingly, it's me, Bible Joe. Come on. Come on, Jeff. Inspire. you hairy legs. You smell good, bro.